When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. To handicap the best from week two in college football, this is the Phil Steele Show, streaming live at CS Now Tweets on Twitter, Facebook audio page, the Learfield audio page on Facebook, as well as the Varsity channel. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube Live. You can find us all there. And if you're listening to the College Sports Now podcast feed, you're getting us after we went live. You know where to find us. In living color, every single Thursday, 1 o'clock Eastern is where we will be. Phil Steele. The man, the myth, the legend, the unicorn of all unicorns, uh, live in the flesh. 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern, every single Thursday during the college football season. Author of College Football's Most Accurate Preview Magazine on Twitter at PhilSteel042. I'm Kyle Schasperger at Kyle Schass. Trip Hurd is at Trip Hurd. And, and Phil, before we turn the page completely, you look extra handsome here ahead of week two, by the way, I might add. Uh, You don't look worn out or exhausted at all after the 82 games that we had in week one, but I I don't believe I'm playing prisoner to the moment, but my goodness, Phil, did week one deliver. Oh, it sure did. That's, I think it's two straight years that week one has delivered. Last year, we had some pretty exciting games as well, uh, all the way up to even Georgia Tech was giving Clemson a game on Monday night uh, until the, the fourth quarter of that one. But the Florida State LSU, a lot of great games and all the big matchups, with the exception of Georgia against Oregon, pretty much uh, lived up to the billing. So it was a great weekend. Started with the back, backyard brawl on Thursday. Just so much drama, so much thrilling action throughout. Yes, even the 7-3 win for Iowa, where their defense outscored their offense with two safeties over South Dakota State. You had Florida-Utah, which probably was the game of the weekend, but uh-uh, not so fast. Uh, trip with his seminal moment coming late on Sunday night. Florida State covering and beating LSU in the Superdome. Oh, snap, spot, block! Yeah! Yeah! It's no good! Yeah! 
blocked. Shaheen Brown got his men on it. Fire up the war chant and plant the spear. Nose win. Nose win. Mike Norvell, you have your signature win. Hey, Trip. Wow. as a uh, Florida State fan, where would you rank that as far as uh, all-time wins? We've had some we've had some big ones over the year, Phil. I'm not sure, but that was that was a necessary win. We had to have it. I mean, if we're turning the corner, if we're trying to get back to where we used to be, we needed that one big. Audio courtesy of the Florida State Radio Network. That's Jeff Colhane calling just his second game as the voice of the Florida State Seminoles to uh, replacing the legendary Gene Dankeroff. So, yeah, quite the moment. I was laboring through my Labor Day, uh, trying to catch up on some sleep on Monday, but uh, it, I was in a bad place at 11 a.m. waiting for an hour for breakfast uh, on Monday as all the restaurants here in Winston-Salem were packed. So, Phil, I know you're replenished. Uh, you've rehydrated. Trip is feeling himself. That is your seminal moment. We're going to talk no more Florida State for the rest of the show show so uh sorry trip hopefully you have more to bring to the table be sure that you do uh interact with us though before we hit this week's slate of games at phil steel 042 is where you can find phil at cs now tweets is where you can find us uh interact with us in any way you can drop some picks mention favorite retweet follow we're going to give you an opportunity to win a free subscription of phil steel plus that's valued at 99 dollars uh for next year so you've got 13 more opportunities here throughout this season phil steel plus uh, you can have access to all the same information that phil has that's individual game trends exclusive stats and trends access to all fbs team pages even the fcs ones 128 team pages and the nfl starts tonight you got 32 of those as well with the bills uh favored by two and a half at the reigning super bowl champion uh los angeles rams so uh trip and i are diehard bears fans phil so hopefully we aren't too obnoxious uh throughout this show or throughout the season because the bears are going to cover every single game they're going 17 and 0 during the regular season uh on route to uh the first super bowl in in my lifetime trip i think you were around the yeah. first one but yeah you four years old feels like 85 baby up bears so no college football games of significance phil let's get right to it with the nfl starting tonight unless you want to handicap uh missouri state again on the thursday night docket taking on tennessee martin they're favored by 14 but let's jump to one of two games on the docket friday phil and that's louisville at UCF, the Knights favored by five and a hook. Louisville looked like straight garbage playing at the Dome against Syracuse over the weekend. What's your read? You like a side uh, here Friday night, Louisville at UCF? Yeah, this is uh, a tough game for me to call because Louisville is not as bad as they looked against Syracuse in the opening game of the season. I think you'll see Malik Cunningham be a much different quarterback this week. Uh, Tyon Evans at running back, I thought impressed the Tennessee transfer. But UCF is my top group of five team this year. So uh, they, they did, did well against South Carolina State in the opener. John Rice Plumley, the old Miss transfer, uh, throwing for over 300 yards, nearly rushing for 100. I think it's going to be a great game. It's tough to go against UCF in the bounce house. I think it'll be a higher scoring game. That would probably be my lean there would be uh, to go with the uh, over. But uh, as far as the side goes, I like UCF to win the game, but Louisville's going to make it a game. Should be another exciting game. The over has ticked up just a tad, too, since the beginning of the week. 61 and a half, 730 ESPN2 on Friday. UCF favored by five and a half. Okay, let's go to maybe the biggest, sexiest uh, game here on the week two docket, which does Umber underwhelm in totality compared to week one but that's you know tradition of sorts that's come to be expected but top ranked Alabama is going on the road to Austin to take on Texas Crimson Tide are favored by 20 
was my last check. I don't know if Texas has ever been a 20-point underdog at home. 65.5 is the total. 12 o'clock on Fox. Texas leads all-time 7-1-1. Alabama winning the last meeting, the 2010 National Championship. Phil, 20? Too much for Bama? You know, I think it is in this case. And uh, by the way, Kyle, if you ever want to look up anything like that, if the Texas has been a dog, I've got spread histories dating back to 1976 on Phil Steele Plus. So you could just click on that. We'll show it next week when we show a little bit of how Phil Steele Plus operates. But you can actually go back and look all the way to 1976 and see how, the, how big what, what is their biggest time as a home dog. But as good as Alabama looked last week and as good as Alabama is, let's face it, they may have the best offensive player in the country in Bryce Young. They have the best defensive player in Will Anderson, figured to be dominant all year. Uh, Texas is actually 5-0 and against the spread as a double-digit underdog, so they do well in this role. They've got one of the best running backs in the country in B. John Robinson. It's going to be a fired-up home crowd. And if you watched Alabama last year on the road, they were far from dominant. Remember, they got by, past Florida by two. They got beat by A&M, and Auburn should have beat them in the final game of the season had Bigsby run out of bounds. So I like Bama to win the game. I, there's no doubt there. But I'll take the 20 points with Texas. Uh, it wouldn't be one of my top plays of the week. You don't make a lot of money going against Bama, especially in a big game. But I would lean with Texas plus the 20 in that one. What do you think, Tripp? You on Bama I do kind of like Bama here. Just looking over the last few years, those non-conference matchups that Bama's had, the marquee matchups that they play in. 2020, they didn't have one because it was uh, the COVID year. But last year, Miami, 44 to 13. 2018, they destroyed Louisville. The year before that, it was my guys, Florida State. Got them back into the show, Kyle. But um, they just seem to always perform so well against these non-conference teams. And um, we kind of know Alabama's not going to fall on their face. But I could just see this getting away in the second half and seeing Bama cover it. So I'm leaning towards them, but all my picks kind of go into teasers. So we've got a little room to work with there. As long as Quinn Ewers doesn't get his uh, Porsche towed away, maybe Texas will will have a chance in this one. But I, I'm leaning Bama as well. Bryce Young, six total touchdowns last week. They called off the dogs at 48 to nothing. Alabama only scored one more touchdown, winning 55 nothing against Utah State. Nick Saban, 99 and 20 in non-conference games all time. Alabama has won 13 to 14 against the spread against Power Five competition during the regular season. Let's move to Pittsburgh. 17th ranked Panthers, 3:30 start on ABC, hosting number 24 Tennessee. Pitt won in Knoxville a year ago by a touchdown fielder. A six and a half point dog as Tennessee comes to Pitt as the favorites this Saturday. Yeah, and Tennessee looked great last week. In fact, my computer has them scoring 45 points per game this year, and they got off to that start with 59. But they're not taking on Ball State's defense this week. They're taking on Pitt's defense. Pitt has one of the best defensive lines in the country, an outstanding back seven. And I like the way Keaton Slovis threw the football in his first start, threw for over 300 yards against West Virginia last week. I think Pitt's going to have a little bit more balance of a run game this year than they did last year with Hammond and Abenconda and uh, Carter. So uh, the other thing that stands out to me is that Pat Narduzzi's uh, 23 and 15 against the spread as a dog, and he's had 14 outright upsets. Now, my line on this at the start of the year was Pitt minus one, minus two. They're going to have the big crowd hedge here at home. Uh, but the, the line's been bet up to Tennessee minus six, six and a half. Uh, so I'm taking Pitt plus a six and a half, and I'll call for the outright upset here. I like that Pitt pick as well. Pitt hosting an SEC opponent for the first time ever uh, adds intrigue to this. Again, a rematch from last year where Pitt won. Year two of the Johnny Majors Classic. Tennessee winning in week one, covering easily over Ball State 59 to. 
Ten. Trip, I know this is one of your favorites for the weekend. Uh, Big Ten, Big 12 showdown for the Cy-Hawk Trophy. This will be the 69th meeting between Iowa and Iowa State. It's going to be in Iowa City at Kinnick. Iowa leads all-time 46-22. They've won six straight in the series, including uh, for Iowa. First time as an underdog, Phil, I noted in your magazine, uh, last year and won 27-17. It was their first time as an underdog against Iowa State since the year 2000. Uh, I think the over-under is a little too high on this one, Phil, considering uh, the lack of points a week ago against South Dakota State. 40.5, but Iowa favored by 3.5. Again, that's more offensive points than what they scored a week ago. Yeah, and you know, following that up, if you take a look at the series between these two, you would expect a rivalry game to be lower scoring as the teams are tense. And guess what? In the last 17 matchups between these two, the game's gone under the total 15 of the 17 times, so 15-2 and two to the under. Now, I don't want to overreact to last week when uh, Iowa didn't have an offensive score. In fact, their defense outscored the offense 4-3 to three last week with a couple of safeties. They've got one of the best punters in the country. Did an amazing job pinning South Dakota State deep in her own end. And South Dakota State's not chopped liver. They were number two in the FCS preseason poll. They're an outstanding team. But uh, I, I, I like the under as the best play in this one as well. I think I was the better team. Their defense is going to be absolutely dominant. One of the best defenses in the country. Uh, held South Dakota State to 120 yards. I do think Iowa State's quarterback, uh, Hunter Deckers, is a guy that can top Brock Purdy's stats from last year. I think he's going to have a good year. But Iowa's at home. They control the series. I think it'll be a close, low-scoring game. And I, I was a little surprised this number didn't open up in the 30s as well. I'll take under 40.5 as my best play there. You like I mean, it's, I think it's about 40 points too high. If you could score half a point, that's that's <laughs> what I would be leaning towards. But I told you guys two weeks ago, it's it's hard to watch. 4 o'clock, Big Ten Network, 40.5 the total, Iowa given 3.5 to Iowa State. Uh, this might be the most consequential game of the weekend. It's an SEC showdown in the swamp between Kentucky and Florida. The Wildcats come in as the 20th ranked team in the land. The Gators all the way up to number 12 after that win over Utah at the swamp this past weekend. 7 o'clock game on ESPN. Six points for Florida. A little fishy perhaps. I know Kentucky, Phil, I, I did a check before we started to check the status of Chris Rodriguez. It looks like he's not on the depth chart for Kentucky. Still a suspension or not playing uh, because of an off, off-season off incident. So uh, Mark Stoops might be undermanned here heading into Gainesville this weekend. Yeah, and I think when you take a look at the team, I mean, Anthony Richardson, uh, my knock on him last week was just the experience factor. The, his big games came against weaker teams last year. He had a pretty big game against Utah last week. Very impressed with Anthony Richardson. And overall, I think Florida's a very underrated team. I had on my number two most improved team in the country. I had Florida finishing ahead of Kentucky in the SEC standings this year, whereas everybody else had Kentucky uh, coming in in second. Now, Kentucky's got Will Levis. But remember last year, Will Levis, uh, eight of the 12 games uh, did not even throw for 200 yards. And as you mentioned, Rodriguez probably out for Kentucky. I think Florida's the better team. And if you go back to last year, you know, in last year's game, Florida had a 382 to 224 yard edge. They out first down them 21 to 13. The game changed with that block field goal for a touchdown, and Kentucky pulled out the win in front of a rabid home crowd. I think the Swamp's going to be fired up again after that big win against Utah. They're believing in Coach Billy Napier. I like Florida minus the points in this one, and uh, get it now while it's under seven. 
Yeah, I think that's a low line. What do you think, Trip? I mean, twenty nine and five at home against Kentucky. Thirty one game win streak was snapped overall just in twenty eighteen. I mean, Florida has dominated Kentucky. Now you got an underhanded, undermanned uh, Kentucky team coming into the swamp. So the last time that happened trim that the Gators are facing a ranked Kentucky team 2007 Florida was 14 Kentucky was eight the Gators won 45 37 I thought Florida look at um, Richardson I thought he looked really good Florida looked really good against Utah the thing that jumps out to me here is why is it only uh, what at six is that right well, it's because Kentucky was ranked higher prior coming into the season the actual line on this game prior to the year uh, would have been probably Pickham, maybe even Kentucky, yeah. a slight favorite. Uh, Vegas is not going to overreact to one week's action, so they're a little bit slower moving on the line. I think the line's priced where it should be for the game because of the fact Kentucky and Florida was basically Pickham prior Yeah, to that was kind of my question for you. Is That's why I noted in there like a fishy line. I wasn't sure if to a guy like you who handicaps games, does that number jump out or did it look about right? And you answered my question there because yeah, and- to me – Watching the two teams, Kentucky didn't look so great last week. Florida looked pretty good taking down a top 10 team. I just thought it would have been a little higher. Yeah, and it actually opened up in the week four, four and a half and has been bet up to six. So Vegas uh, did their usual adjustment on the game, taking it from pick maybe plus one to minus four. And it's actually been bet up because folks like you watched both games and said, Florida should going to win this thing. All the more reason to do your homework and get in early when you can. Take advantage of a line, you know, being lower than what it might become later in the week. Uh, number 11, Oklahoma State and Arizona State. 7.30 on ESPN2 Saturday. The Pokes favored by 11.5. The total is 58. These two teams meeting for the first time since 1993. They combined for 98 points in their week one wins, Phil. And, and Spencer Sanders, he showed up against Central Michigan. He had six total touchdowns. Yeah, that game was actually 51-15. to 15. So if you're a Central Michigan fan, you're very thankful for the second half where they came back and pulled within 14 points and even had the ball at the end of the game uh, down 14. So that was very interesting. But Sanders, as you mentioned, a 4-0 ratio last week. He looked great and uh, also ran the ball for 57 yards. Arizona State I don't think is as bad as folks think they're going to be this year. They lost a lot in the offseason, the transfer portal. But Xavier Valaday, the Wyoming running back, I loved watching him at Wyoming the last couple of years. Uh, he had 7.7 yards per carry last week. Henry Jones looked decent. I do think Oklahoma State's a better team and they're at home, but uh, it's, it's probably going to be a higher scoring game. Not wild about either side in this one, probably lean with the over. It will be the fourth meeting between the two. Arizona State has won the last two in the series. Let's go to BYU, Mormons and Baptists. This will be a rematch of a game last year in Waco where Baylor won by two touchdowns. Future Big 12 matchup. These two will tangle at 10-15 Eastern time on ESPN. BYU is giving three, 53.5 is the total. Uh, the Bears, their furthest trip west since 06 during the regular season when they played at Wazoo. This should be plenty fun, ranked-on-ranked matchup under the lights late night uh, between the Cougars and the Bears, Phil. Yeah, and BYU's game last week got delayed by a couple hours, took a little starch out of the home crowd, and then they got an 85-yard run on the first play by Christopher Brooks for a touchdown and then poured it on USF. Looked very impressive. This may be Sataki's best team yet. He's got 17 or 18 returning starters. 
coming back. Jaron Halls looked great at quarterback. So this is a very solid BYU team. They're at home. They've got the altitude. They've got the grass advantage as well. A lot to like about BYU, and that's why they're favored by three, three and a half in this one. But I'll go back to last year's game, watching that one close. Uh, I thought Baylor had the speed advantage in that one. In fact, they led by 21, and BYU got a late touchdown to make it a 14-point game. That speed advantage is not gone. Neither is the line of scrimmage edge. I like BYU's line of scrimmage, but Baylor's got top 10 offensive line, top 10 defensive line, and Blake Shapin gives him a passing threat at the quarterback position, something they probably lacked last year. He had 17-20 in the opener. So with the line of scrimmage, with the speed advantage, I'm going to go with Baylor plus the points in this one. Low-scoring game, I think worse case scenario Baylor loses by three so I, I definitely like the Bears plus the points in a possible upset so those are the main entrees from the main course here as we move on to where we can find more value throughout week two in college football and I want to go to Nashville to Music City where number 23 Wake Forest is going to have the return of Sam Hartman under center the Deeks favored by 12 and a half that's up Close to four, I think right at four points from what the line opened up at before the news that Hartman would return from a medical condition that had him sidelined to start the year. The start quarterback for the Demon Deacons, 65.5 is the total. 12 o'clock SEC Network, the Deeks and Commodores, Phil. little SEC-ACC thread out. Yeah, and this is interesting. The line has been all over in this game. If you would have bet this thing in the preseason, uh, Wake Forest would have been about a 17-point road favorite. But as impressive as Vanderbilt has been the first two games, and I mean, Mike Wright's got six touchdowns passing, four touchdowns running, 247 yards. He's averaging over 10 yards a carry. Uh, he's been dynamic. So the over is worth a look in this one. But I lean with Wake Forest minus the points. I think we're looking at a Wake team that uh, was a ACC title contender last year. Vanderbilt, meanwhile, as great as they've looked, they took on a depleted Hawaii team. And last week against an FCS squad in Elon, they gave up 495 yards. Uh, they were actually outgained in that game by 71 yards. Only won it by 11 at home. I think Wake's got the better team. It will be a high-scoring game. So once again, lean a little bit with the over. But uh, with their star quarterback, Sam Hartman, back, I, I like Wake minus the points. In this yeah, game. I was going to say, you kind of answered my question for you right off the bat there. If if you could have gotten 17 earlier, just imagine what it would have been if Hawaii could have kept it close with Vandy. I mean, we would have been looking at something even bigger, right, Phil? Right. That's correct. Yes, absolutely. Deeks have won five of six road openers straight up, four and two against the spread. That little nugget, of course, from the Phil Steele College Football Preview. Make sure you pick that up. Still plenty of time. PhilSteele.com to interact with us at CS Now Tweets. Your chance to win a free subscription to Phil Steele Plus, valued at $99. That's at CS Now Tweets. Thank all of you watching us live on YouTube, Facebook, and at CS Now Tweets. Uh, for Wake Forest, too. First SEC road game since 2013. So it's been a while. Eighth-ranked Notre Dame hosting Marshall. The Irish tumble just a couple of spots after playing Ohio State well, which Phil and I both saw coming a week ago. If you paid attention to us, watch the show. We were all over Notre Dame as 17-point underdogs. This will be the first meeting between the Herd and the Fighting Irish. First some belt opponent for Notre Dame. Ten straight home opening wins for the Irish. However, they have not covered in their last two games. Notre Dame favored by 20 and the hook, Phil. Yeah, Notre Dame's on a, a nice little spread run during the regular season. They've actually uh, won eight in a row against the spread in the regular season. So that's, that's, I always say when you play on a streak, you can win many times, you lose only once. 
They were super impressive in the opening game of the season. Now, my biggest question mark for Marshall was the fact their star running back, Ali, was injured in the offseason, and he's uh, questionable to even return this year. But I like the way that Ethan Payne ran the ball, had 113 yards, and Tripp, Kalen LeBourne ran the ball for 102 yards, a Florida State transfer. Yep. So it looked pretty good there. And then Henry Columbia, who saw time at Utah State, saw time at Texas Tech, uh, threw for over 200 yards in the opener and hit 24-26 passes. Now, granted, it was Norfolk State, but I thought it was a very impressive opening game for Marshall. you got to feel Notre Dame's entire offseason was based on Ohio State. Meanwhile, Marshall's entire offseason was probably based on Notre Dame. So I think the situation really favors Marshall. I don't want to go against that eight straight uh, regular season spread wins for Notre Dame, but I also don't want to go against Marshall, who's got the better situation. And I think Marshall's an underrated team this year. So this is one I'm staying away from. That game is going to be on Peacock. Make sure you got your Peacock subscription to be able to follow the Fighting Irish 2.30 on Saturday. And, yeah, just to clarify, the last two home opening games for Notre Dame, they have not been able to cover, but eight straight uh, on the regular season that they have covered overall. Arkansas State and Ohio State. Uh, I think Tripp removed one game for this game. I wanted to talk Houston-Texas Tech, but Phil Tripp is all over the Red Wolves and the Buckeyes. Huge number, 44 and a half, 69 is the total, 12 o'clock, Big Ten Network. This will be the third Sunbelt opponent all-time for Ohio State. First meeting between these two, and Arkansas State's got to be feeling themselves, right, Phil? Beating Grambling, 58-3 to in week one. Now Butch Jones heading to Columbus. Yeah, and speaking of Florida State, how about James Blackman, the quarterback, another Florida State transfer, uh, 15 of 20 last week for 75% completions. Johnny Lang ran the ball well, over 100 yards rushing. Arkansas State's back to where they used to be, right? Well, not so fast. And I think when you look at Ohio State, uh, remember during the offseason, Ryan Day said, uh, we're not happy with last year. Yeah, we won the Rose Bowl. Yeah, we won 11 games, but we need to win the national title is when we'll be happy. I think the defense with Jim Knowles continues to play hard, continues to play with effort. I could even see a, a potential shutout here for that. And offensively, this, the nation's number one offense with three Heisman Trophy candidates, although uh, Jackson Smith, the jig, but probably not going to play here. Uh, is it an offense that really needs to get untracked? And I think they do this week. So after being held to 21 uh, points last week, I look for Ohio State's offense to get untracked. I like the Buckeyes to win this one by 50 or something this week. I'm taking Ohio State minus the 44 and a half. And I'm the one that slid that in there because I was really torn on Texas Tech Houston, uh, Kyle. It was uh, one of those games where I, I couldn't really pick a side either way. Look at Phil doing his homework, getting on the dock trip. I, I, not to say I didn't want that or expect that, but I'm impressed. You know, we do a lot of legwork to help tee him up and make sure he's got all the information he needs ahead of time. But he's contributing. I mean, I love really, it. you keep blaming me for taking stuff off the dock. It's been Phil the whole time. But I think Ohio State might be a little bit like Houston this week. It doesn't seem like they're getting a lot of respect. I mean, they're going to score 80 points in this game. This will probably be a complete no sweat lock I'm locked in on it and I think Houston is kind of the same way they beat UTSA a team that won a conference last year and they go down in the rankings I just don't understand how winning a tough game on the road like that should you should be penalized for it so I think uh, I'm looking for big weeks from both Ohio State and Houston this week 
you know, if you're if you're looking at Houston this week, I want to throw out a nugget that you may not know. If you watched the Texas Tech Murray State game last week, which I'm sure you both did, you know that at the half, uh, Murray State's quarterback got injured. He had like 200 yards passing in the first half. In the second half, their backup quarterback hit one of eight passing for one yard, and they had 35 yards of total offense. So that game was a little bit closer than the final score would indicate, especially uh, if Murray State's quarterback would have stayed healthy. Texas Tech also dealing with quarterback injuries, right? Tyler Shuck is going to miss uh, this game and even the game against NC State, which is going to you know, limit their chances of, of knocking off the Wolfpack and, and getting an upset coming up. I think that one is is next week. So, uh, and, for, and for Houston trip, they had to overcome a 14-point deficit against UTSA. I know the Roadrunners yeah. were the darlings a year ago, but still, it's UTSA. I think the expectations are much higher for Houston and what they can do this year. The American favorite, a team that many think can be the group of five representative in the New Year's Six uh, bowl game. So uh, to be able to end that 10-game winning streak for UTSA and do it the way they did with Clayton Toon over the top, two-point conversion, three overtimes, still good enough to stay in the rankings, but I, I can understand dinging them. And I don't think Arkansas State scores against Ohio State, just to put a bow on that contest. Uh, OSU limited Notre Dame, 72 yards, five first downs, no points in the second half alone. Just an out-of-this-world defensive effort. They're going to be uh, certainly determined again here next week, and I think that offense will get going for sure okay Ann Arbor fourth ranked Michigan Michigan shoots up to number four after just completely waxing Colorado State favored by 51 points the number just continues to grow Ohio State 44 and a half point favorite Michigan 51 against Hawaii Uh, they beat them 63 to 3 in the opener back in 2016 eight o'clock big 10 network do you even bother with a game with a line this big Phil uh, I personally wouldn't, uh, just because a lot of things can happen late in the game. Uh, you know, you take a knee, backups are playing, things like that. But really, if you are going to play this game, there's only one way to look, and that's Michigan. i got to go against Hawaii every week of the season until they actually show me something. Granted, Braden Schrager looked much better last week against Western Kentucky than he did in the opener uh, against Vanderbilt. But uh, I think when you take a look at Hawaii this year, they're a depleted team. They have a first-year head coach. They're in a massive rebuilding year. And going to the big house, you know, last week, Michigan put on three touchdowns in the fourth quarter against Colorado State. That means they're still trying to score in the second half of the game with that quarterback battle. So I'd have to go with Michigan in this one if you're going to play it. Three previous meetings, combined score 138-30. to 30. Now, it seems like a lot, but that's just an average margin of victory of 36 points. They've got to hit 51 to cover Saturday night, 8 o'clock, Big Ten Network, Michigan and Hawaii. Mississippi State at Arizona. Uh, super bizarre non-conference showdown between those two uh, in the desert in Tucson. Mike Leach 4-2 and two against Arizona while he was at Wazoo. Uh, the Bulldogs are giving 10.5. The total is 60. 11 o'clock start on Fox Sports 1. Last time Arizona played an SEC opponent back in 2006. They got hammered 45-3 to by LSU. But Phil, Arizona, I think, surprised both of us last week going to San Diego State and spoiling uh, the brand new stadium, Snapdragon Stadium, and beating the Aztecs as soundly as they did. Yeah, a couple notes. Uh, going back to the Michigan game for one moment, it's that's the largest line, by the way, in our records for a Michigan game. The previous high was against UMass in 12, 2012 when they were minus 45, so massive line for Michigan. Now, the interesting thing about the Arizona-San Diego State game was uh, – there's really no uh, no coverage from the sun anywhere in, in Snapdragon Stadium. By the second quarter, 
there's practically nobody in their seats through the heat and humidity or the heat, I should say, of uh, California. And uh, so their home field edge for San Diego State was lessened. But what I like is the fact that Arizona took on a similar defense to what they're facing this week. In other words, the 3-3-5 that San Diego State runs, much like what Mississippi State runs, that's an advantage to have. I thought Mississippi State last week was in a great situation at home against Memphis, playing with revenge after losing a game they shouldn't have lost at Memphis the previous year. Memphis being 0-8 against the spread on the road. There was a lot of factors in Mississippi State's favor last week. They took care of that business. Uh, I think Arizona's dangerous. I love what Jacob Cowing did at the receiver spot. Had uh, close to 200 yards receiving. They've also got McMillan, one of the top receivers out there. Jaden Delora looked great at QB. Add it all up. I'm probably leaning with Arizona plus the points over Mississippi State, but not one of my big plays of the week because, let's face it, Mississippi State's got more talent both sides of the football, but it is late night for them. And you also wonder, too, with LSU on deck, a trip to Baton Rouge, you know, maybe not uh, exhaust yourself too much or reveal too much. And, and again, that late night hour uh, could affect you and the body clock and everything that goes in. So, yeah, not not a strong feeling either way from me either. Memphis at Navy. CBS Sports Network, 3.30 on Saturday. The Tigers favored by six in the hook. 50.5 is the total number. Memphis, as you indicated, in that last game, falling to Mississippi State in a huge revenge game for the Bulldogs. Uh, Memphis now having to get up off the mat and visit Annapolis to take on Navy. What's your read on those two getting together 3.30 Saturday? Yeah, on this one, I really like uh, Navy, plus the points. Uh, a home underdog in this one. Navy is a great home dog to begin with. They're 35-21 versus AAC foes uh, since 2015 overall. They're 11-6-1 as a home dog. And they also do well off a straight-up loss. Uh, Niamatololo is 18-8-1 off a straight-up loss. Then factor in that Memphis has lost nine straight games against the spread on the road. I love playing on streaks, and uh, you play on them until you, you can win many times. You lose only once. But, you know, another big factor I like here is not only is Memphis traveling for a second straight week, but last week their defense had to gear up for the air raid. So they are thinking pass defense, pass defense, pass defense. Now this week it's the option. Can you imagine being a defensive player and having these two vastly different de- uh, offenses to prepare for uh, while going on the road a second straight week? So Navy's uh, and you know I think the line's up there at six and a half because let's face it, Navy lost to an FCS team. They're horrible, right? I have seen through the years, probably over the last 10 years, that teams that lose to FCS teams get a lot of line value the next week. That's what we're going to see with Navy this week. And last week, they didn't play that bad. They had a 319-202 to 202 yard edge against a very good Delaware team. So the, the problem last week was turnovers. They had four, turn, four fumbles in the game and lost them all. Uh, I like Navy to possibly pull the upset home, but definitely like the home dog Navy in this one. Midshipmen with an open week after week two so week three is open for navy and they've they're five and two against the spread two in the last seven against memphis let's try and get a couple of more in before we get your top three plays uh, many of these games that we've talked about you're going to give me where uh you're falling uh, most heavily on from the three uh that we've discussed and then trips teaser and a sicko pick before we say goodbye i think that's a new thing we need to implement i've got one game in particular that i think we'll get a chuckle out of from phil but usc and stanford we've got to talk about the trojans the lincoln riley uh, era is off and running in a big way over rice three pick sixes rice uh, moved the football in the first quarter but usc was able to pull away now they're going to get tested on the farm taking on stanford 730 pac-12 network stanford is a eight and a half point underdog but this was the game a year ago phil that got clay held 
Mountain Fire. Now, USC is going back. They're going to play Stanford, favored by 8.5 points. What's your read for those two? Well, USC is my number one most improved team in the country this year, so you would automatically think I'm taking USC on a weekly basis, but this is a great situation for Stanford. As you touched on, Kyle, uh, last year Stanford went into USC and, and pretty much controlled that game, came out of there with a 42-28 win. Coach Heldon got fired. Now this year they're a vastly improved team. Defensively they're vastly improved. Last week they held Colgate to 218 yards. And offensively Tanner McKee's one of the quarterbacks that you know he's nobody talks about him, but he could be one of the top quarterbacks for next year's draft. Hit 22 at 27 for 308 yards. EJ Smith, Coach Shaw told me he was very high on him this year. Rushed for 118 yards last week. And as you touch on, I don't think USC was as good as 66-14. Rice gave him a little bit of a game early. They got three interceptions returns for touchdowns that's not going to happen here against Tanner McKee and the game is on the road so add it all up I had the game picked and maybe minus three getting over a touchdown with Stanford at home I like the Cardinal at home and once again a possible upset in this one even though USC is my number one most improved team in the country they've split their last 10 Stanford winning 42-28 that was the TKO for Clay Helton a year ago. Tripp wants to make sure we talk North Carolina and Georgia State, and why not? Because I left them out of the opening uh, monologue here for the show in terms of games of the weekend that highlighted uh, the five days of college football that we have, but arguably they gave us the best game of the weekend. 63-61, they survive in Boone at Appalachian State. Uh, 62 total points in the fourth quarter, one off an FBS record. Uh, They allowed what was it, 42 points just from App State alone in the fourth? I mean, it was a bonkers Bonkers game uh, on the mound at Kid Brewer Stadium. What do they do? They got to stay on the road, stay in the Sun Belt, and they got to go to Georgia State. They're going to play at the artist formerly known as Turner Field, whatever the Panthers are calling that now, uh, in Atlanta. They beat Georgia State 59 17 last year uh, for the game Saturday, 12 o'clock ESPNU, North Carolina, favored by 7.5. The total at 64.5, Phil. Yeah, North Carolina is not a great. Uh away favorite. In fact, they're just one in five against the spread. The last six as an away favorite and lost quite a few of them outright last year. Very impressed with Drake May, though. You know, everybody was wondering who's going to replace Sam Howell. Drake May's put up some remarkable stats this year. Uh, he's got a nine touchdowns, zero interceptions. Unfortunately, he's also the team's leading rusher. You'd like to see something a little bit different there. But they have the offense that can score. And meanwhile, Georgia State, not as bad as that score would indicate. Remember, South Carolina got two blocked punts for touchdowns in that game. Georgia State actually had a 311-306 yard edge. I am concerned that Darian Granger only hit 7-29 to passes last week. That would concern me a little bit. I like North Carolina to go on the road and get the win, but I wouldn't lay that many points. I think Georgia State's underrated. North Carolina's putting points up, but uh, I, this this one of those games I'd stay away from. Is the over too uh, too low now that we've seen UNC kind of? I mean, I know after week zero you weren't that concerned because Florida A and M they're not going to show a lot. They're not you know as amped up for the game, but man, App State just that has to concern you a little bit for that UNC defense, right? Yeah, North Carolina sure has looked like an over team their first yeah. two games. So there's no way I would play the under in a North Carolina game until they show me some some defense. And I'll go back to when I talked to Coach Brown. Uh, you know, he told me the defensive line looks pretty, but they got to play that way. Well, guess what? They still haven't played that way. Quarterback did look great, though. Maybe. Oh, yes. What, what do you think, Tripp? Uh, the worst defense in college football to this point? I'm going to use this as a pivot to my top three plays, and we'll get Phil's 
top three for the weekend. But North Carolina ranked 116th uh, in total defense, 6.8 yards per play, 12 offensive touchdowns uh, to 12 opposing touchdowns that's 499 and a half yards per game that they've given up through their first two contests in contrast to the other team on tobacco road right trip the duke blue devils let's put mike elko in the hall of fame a 30 to nothing showing a shutout of the temple isles on friday night in week one uh, duke people are glowing as you can see i am as well i'm supporting mr elko and duke also being 10 point underdogs at Northwestern this weekend, the first of my top three plays, Phil, because here's the thing about Duke. This over uh, has moved up. It's ticked up. It's gone from, I think, nine points to ten now that Duke has been the underdog. But Duke has won each of the past three meetings since 2017 against Northwestern as a two-point underdog every single year. They've won those three since 2017. No reason to believe they won't be able to do it again in Evanston this Saturday. So I love Duke as a 10-point dog, sixth meeting in eight years against Northwestern. Yeah, it should be an interesting game. I remember last year Duke led that thing 30-7 to at the half, and then Northwestern made a, a comeback in the second half uh, once uh, Holinsky got in there at QB. Uh, I'd, I'd find it tough to go against Northwestern right now just because I think they're a much improved team. But uh, So I, I'm just going to pass on that game, and I'll watch it and see if, see if you get that one, Kyle. Duke 29-9 straight up against the spread against non-con since 2013. So I love Duke plus 10. I'm going to take Pitt plus 6.5. Phil mentioned that was one of his uh, favorites earlier. We'll see if we'll keep that in his top three. And then Mississippi State, Arizona. I'm going to go over 60. I just think things are going to get plenty weird uh, there on the desert in Tucson under the lights with Mike Leach returned to Pac-12 country so I do love over 60 between those two especially the way Arizona played and now you got the air raid coming in to take on the Wildcats this weekend so Duke plus 10 Pitt plus six and a half Mississippi Mississippi State and Arizona over 60 Phil what are your top three plays for the week you know I'm going to go with three home dogs this week a three dog night Uh, I'm going to take Pitt plus the points uh, against Tennessee, once again, I think they could pull the outright upset. I told you why I like Memphis over Navy, or Navy over Memphis. Uh, numerous reasons there, including the, the drastic change of the offense that they're facing. And then Stanford, plus the points over USC. So three underdogs, all three at home. I'm going to go with Pitt, Navy, and Stanford as my best bets this week. Trip, you got a teaser for I us? Do. So teaser is off to a rough start. It's 0-2. I know Phil looked at me funny last week. I had seven teams on the teaser. Maybe that's too many. We can talk about that right now. This week, I've only got five. Last week's teaser only missed by one game, and that was those bums at Oregon who went and laid an egg in Atlanta. I mean, just really, really frustrating there. But uh, this week, we're coming back. I've got Bama. This is a seven-point teaser. Bama. Minus 13.5 at Texas. Ohio State gets it rolling this week. I've got them teased down to 37.5 against Arkansas State. I like Houston this week. I'm getting 10.5 at Texas Tech. BYU plus four at Baylor. And a little sneaky one here. Northern Illinois teased up to 13 points against Tulsa. Hmm. Yeah, Tulsa, I love Tulsa it. struggled last week, so that's uh, that's probably a good play there. Northern, you know, when I talked to Coach Hammock going over Northern Illinois, they were the MAC champs last year. He said this year's team is a touchdown better than last year's team. 
Let's hope so. I love it. Thank you, Trip. Make uh, let's hope. Uh, let's see if you can hit on your teaser uh, this week, Phil. I do want to slide in a sickos pick uh, each and every week as we move forward, and here's why: because you see a game like Texas State and FYU, and you think, why the hell would I would I care about this in any way? But you look at the Bobcats; they were actually a sexy underdog pick a week ago as a ten point dog playing Nevada. No, it was never close. They turned the ball over four times. Uh, they ended up losing thirty eight to fourteen, allowed just two hundred seventy eight yards, but still lost handedly. And then FIU is a 14-point favorite against Bryant of all teams. Needed overtime, 38-37. They won. They allow 349 yards passing. Texas State quarterback uh, Lane Hatcher uh, has thrown for 7,700 yards passing in his career in 28 starts. So I think that FIU passing defense is going to allow Lane Hatcher to go off. Texas State will get right. But just the way those two games played out for both Texas State a week ago and FIU, and now they meet in the ring, 7 o'clock ESPN Plus on Saturday. My sicko's pick would be taking Texas State as a 14-point favorite uh, after getting smoked as a 10-point dog the previous week. You know, and I like that play because Jake Spavadol is a guy who's now in his fourth year at the program. As you touched on, they actually had a 15-13 first down edge against Nevada. If they weren't minus four in turnovers, they could easily have won that game. And FIU, meanwhile, is in their first year of a total rebuild. I mean, that, that program lost a lot of talent, has very little back, and they're on the road. They struggled on the road last year. Uh, their average road loss was by about 30 points per game. So I would agree with that with Texas State. I like them this week. So good pick there, Kyle. Trip, anything to add before we get out of here? We've been efficient today. It's been the best show you would think it would happen. Third week, third time's the charm. I'm ready to go get some grub. i got a hamburger date. Actually, it's a review with We've my almost got so, enough time uh, to we'll listen to the FSU goes. highlight again if you guys want to. We can skip oh, that. Can you want to play, you we'll play one it. more time? No, people can rewind on the pot. Yeah, they can. Uh, make sure you do go to philsteel.com, though. Uh, check out the website. Digital version of the magazine is available there. Uh, Phil Steel Plus, which is a $99 value. Uh, if you want to get in the running, okay, to be able to win a free subscription of that valued at $99, interact with us at CS Now Tweets. Drop us some pics, give us some feedback, retweet, favorite, like, follow us on Twitter at CS Now Tweets. And inside the press box, Phil, which is your newsletter that you put out. Uh, ancillary to Phil Steel Plus, but there's a lot of great nuggets in that also each and every week. Yeah, and it's off to a nice 5-2 and two start this year. So if you do want to get uh, Inside the Press Box, you get Phil Steele Plus for free when you sign up to Inside the Press Box. Just go to philsteel.com and uh, check that out. Uh, College Sports Now, the podcast feed where you can find this afterwards in audio form. Uh, Stephen Hartzell, Michael Felder, uh, Wayne Cook, as well as Roddy Jones are all helping to churn out the college football content each and every week. Shows on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Phil Steele even joins Wayne Cook and Stephen Hartzell on the Wednesday edition. Also, Hand in the Dirt, gardening podcast about football. Follow all of our Learfield-related programming, play-by-play broadcasts, football, coaches shows, archive shows. All of that can be found on the Varsity Network app. Please download it if you haven't already. Uh, For Apple and Android, that's the Varsity Network app. So every game you can listen to from Learfield uh, right at your fingertips this weekend, including college football Saturday night, week two. Sloan Martin, Mike Golick Jr. are going to Arizona State and Oklahoma State in Stillwater. That will be a 7.30 start with yours truly in studio uh, this weekend. College Football Blitz, 12 o'clock, Sirius XM, ESPN Radio, wall-to-wall, NFL Red Zone channel-like quality and drop-ins for 12 straight hours. That can be found on the Varsity Network app as well. Stephen Hortzel 
and Phil Brame host that for 12 hours on Saturday. I think I covered it all. See us now. Tweets where you can find us. He's Phil Steele. He's at PhilSteele042. Trip Heard at Trip Heard. I'm Kyle Schasperger at Kyle Shass. We'll be back to break down week three next week. Uh, be sure to follow the Varsity Channel on YouTube Live. Learfield Audio on Facebook, and of course, us at CS Now Tweets. Uh, until next week, this has been the Phil Steele Show. Uh, NFL starts on Thursday, so let's end it with a bear down. We'll see you next week, folks.